When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Better brush up on your Italian in Italy. We have a saying: in dreams, as in love, all is possible. A civil war is upon us. The Greens are coming for you, Renera, and for your children. Hi everyone, I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, October 21st through Sunday, October 23rd. We are counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. A former Deal or No Deal model isn't quite on board with Meghan Markle's recent comments about feeling objectified as a briefcase opening cast member on the popular game show. In a new interview with Hollywood Life, Donna Feldman said, quote, I have read Megan's comments about being treated like a bimbo while working on Deal or No Deal, but I have to disagree with what's being said. During my time on the show, neither myself nor anybody else I worked with was ever treated as such, in my opinion. However, it's important to note that everyone has their own experience, and I can only speak from mine. A representative from Markle did not immediately respond to EW's request for comment. On the latest episode of her Archetypes with Megan podcast, the Duchess of Sussex, who took the Deal or No Deal season two job as an early gig in Hollywood before joining the cast of Suits in 2011, reflected on the part, admitting that she felt uneasy with her stint on the series. She said, quote, I would end up leaving with this pit in my stomach, knowing that I was so much more than what was being objectified on the stage. I didn't like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance. And that's how it felt for me at the time, being reduced to this specific archetype. Turns out Daniel Craig's final performance as James Bond was nearly set to a completely different soundtrack. Ed Sheeran revealed that he came very close to writing and recording the theme song for the 2021 film No Time to Die, but just missed out. On Tuesday's episode of that Peter Crouch podcast, Sheeran said, quote, I was within a Nat's pube of doing one. They changed directors and then they just changed scripts and that was it. But we had done all the meetings. I had started writing it. The opportunity would instead go to Grammy-winning singer and wonderkin Billie Eilish, who released her soulful Bond single, No Time to Die, ahead of the film in February 2020. Eilish went on to score not only a Grammy, but also a Golden Globe and an Oscar for the song, which she wrote with her older brother and frequent collaborator, Phineas O'Connell. John Stamos has revealed that he once turned down a role as a couple-saving bisexual male prostitute in a Charlie's Angels-inspired show that Ryan Murphy pitched him over lunch one day. The Big Shot actor explained on SiriusXM's The Jess Cagle Show. You know, when I got off Full House, I had a deal at Warner Brothers. And uh, so we were trying to come up with another show. And this was in the 90s, I think. What was the one show? He had one show that he did on... on um, uh, the WB or something. You remember it was like popular or something like that. Or popular. Oh yeah, yeah popular. That was his like first mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 
So I think he just had that, and I remember going to, to lunch with him at the Ivy, and we order, and I said, so what's the show? And he's like, well, and this was, again, like, now if he offered me the show, I'd do it in two seconds, but it was like, can you play a male hooker? And you fix, that uh, you sleep with the husband, sleep with the wife, and you kind of work on their marriage, and I'm like, uh-huh. And then he said, and plus you have a really cute black guy, and there's a cute blonde guy. You're like, Charlie's Angels, but you're hookers. Charlie's hookers. And then the and the and the appetizer just sat down, you know, got sit. I was like, oh god, I gotta sit another hour with this guy with Charlie's hookers. <laughs> I should have done it though. Samo says Murphy also reached out to offer him a role on 2000's breakout drama series Nip Tuck, which he described as quote another bad pass on my part. William H. Macy is headed to Lanford. The Emmy-nominated actor has been tapped as a guest star for the current fifth season of The Connors. The gig will mark a shameless reunion between Macy and former TV daughter Emma Kenny, who portrayed Debbie Gallagher opposite Macy's patriarch Frank on the dramedy. An air date has not been announced for The Connors episode in question just yet, but Macy is set to play Smitty, one of Dan's best buds from high school who pays a visit to Lanford. And as we see it, we'll not see a second season. The heartfelt Amazon Prime Video comedy drama about three 20-something roommates on the autism spectrum has been canceled. For more on all of those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. A war begins and some journeys come to an end on the season finale of our number five pick this weekend, Power Book 3, Raising Kanan. In the new episode, Kanan strays more and more from his mother and takes the corners of South Jamaica into his own hands. Rack questions unique as the threat of retaliation looms and Lou and Rack's rift grows larger. Here's a preview. When you punching up, it ain't about whether you can throw. It's all you take. That shit is mine. Let's get back to this money. South's coming. There's gonna be some blood in our streets. I know everything, Kenan. You ain't going nowhere, because there ain't nowhere for you to go. We gotta take care of each other. We all we got. Just gonna be us and them. Well, you can see how it all goes down on the season finale of Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, this Sunday night at 9 on Stars. As the Italian saying goes, in dreams as in love, all is possible. And that's what Zoe Saldana and Eugenio Mastrandrea set out to prove in their new Netflix limited series, From Scratch. Based on Timbilock's memoir of the same name, From Scratch follows Saldana as an American student in Italy who falls in love with a Sicilian chef played by Master Andrea. Let's take a listen to the moment Amy bumps into Lino, literally. Oh! Oh, ciao bello! Ma che fine hai fatto? Ho lavorato in un ristorante all'Isola d'Elba tutta l'estate. Ciao, io sono Lino. Mi chiamo Amy. Sei americana? Sì. And in Texas. E come ti trovi a Firenze? Uh, how do I find myself? How are you enjoying Florence? Right, certo. Um, mi piace Firenze. Uh, mi piace la strada e le chiese. <laughs> Ma non mi piace l'autobus. Ma sono antipatica. <laughs> what did I say? Uh, you said something about the streets and the churches and the bus. Yeah. 
Then you said you're not a nice person. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And that's fun for you, pretending not to speak any English? Nice shoes. Ciao, presto. Well, from there, the pair embark on a whirlwind romance, taking them from Florence back to Amy's home in Texas, and plenty of ups and downs as they build a new life together. From Scratch is streaming now on Netflix. Dice Tsutsumi, the Japanese animator and illustrator, has a new animated film out on Netflix today called Oni Thunder God's Tale. It is sure to be some great family viewing, and he gave us a glimpse into the bonding time he spends with his own son when we ask him, what you watching? Lately, I've been spending a lot of time with my 10-year-old son watching some of my favorite movies from my childhood together. Hayao Miyazaki's My Neighbor Totoro, which is available on HBO Max, is one of my favorite films of all time. It is a beautifully animated film about two sisters living in a countryside Japan. It is rather a simple story structure, but masterfully executed. It is different from typical Western animated films. It doesn't have a plot point or a gag on every few seconds. Instead, it gives the audience the time to appreciate the story and a time to relate to the characters in a deep way. When we watched Totoro, my son loved it, which is a living proof that children can appreciate storytelling that takes time. And I know what I'm going to watch with my son next. The animated limited series Oni Thunder God's Tale is a 150-minute story inspired by Japanese folklore, which I created and directed. It is going to be on Netflix on October 21st, starring Momona Tamada, Craig Robinson, Archie Yates, and... George Takei. My impossible dream is that someday families watch Oni and feel the same way I do when I watch some of my favorite films from the past with my son. All right, folks, our next pick is very forward thinking. It is the series debut of The Peripheral. The new Prime video series stars Chloe Grace Moretz as Flynn, a woman who jumps into the future by using VR technology. But what's supposed to be virtual quickly becomes reality, and she is forced to fight a darkness that lurks in the years that lie ahead. Here's a preview. Your skills are being sadly wasted in this den of imbecility. I got things to do. Mama needs tending, the house needs cleaning. I'm done pretending that I can live in a sim. It ain't real. What is it? Cutting edge VR, Flynn. Folks want me to beta test it for a shitload of money too. Just lay back. Close your eyes. Count back from 10. This is London. But London's 70 years from what you think of as the present. You're inside the peripheral. Piloting that body as if it were your own. 
adapted from the William Gibson novel, The Peripheral explores themes that might become part of our day-to-day lives closer in the future than we think. Catch the series debut streaming on Amazon Prime now. It's trivia time! The first season of the Game of Thrones prequel series House of the Dragon will come to an end this Sunday night, and we're going to hear more about that in just a minute. But there will surely be lots of dragons involved in the finale as a civil war is about to break loose. In past episodes, scenes have taken place in settings that were previously featured on Game of Thrones, and previous props have been reused as well. So, which of the following set design or prop piece is larger to scale in House of the Dragon versus Game of Thrones? Is it the Iron Throne, the Valerian Steel Dagger, or Aegon's Crown? Stick around for that answer, as well as our top two picks and soundbite of the week. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. School is back in session. The Sex Lives of College Girls is returning for season two on HBO Max in November, just in time for cuffing season. And from the looks of the trailer, there's going to be lots of hookups, hunky shirtless dudes, and maybe some heartbreak, as we hear in our soundbite of the week. Omega Pie is hosting a huge winter underland party. This is going to be one of the best nights of our I've never seen this many hot shirtless men in one place. I know, I'm taking screenshots, but with my brain for later. A season of Mysterioso comes to an end on our number two pick, Los Espookies. The HBO comedy's second season is finishing up tonight with a lunar eclipse and a truth bomb. Unemployed Tico gives Andre some advice, and Ronaldo almost discovers the truth about Karina. And the night before the elections, Mayor Teresa's last speech is interrupted by an eclipse set in motion by Los Spookies. Fred Armisen told EW about working on season two and having his character Tico join in more scenes with the rest of the crew. Well, it made the workday fun that I got to actually be with the cast more. We had I had more scenes also with Sonia, the, the character, his daughter, you know, with her just yelling at him. And God, it was just so, just the best kind of scene to get to do. And then something I hadn't thought of before was that there's scenes without uh, Tico in his valet uniform, the red jacket. And all of a sudden there's this person, there's this guy, you know, and, you know, with the same mustache. And that just immediately just opened up a whole new um, way for him to be. Although he's kind of the same, he's just like a people pleaser 100% of the time. So 
Yeah, he stayed the same. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad I got to do it that way. Also, there's less explaining when we're all in the same country and it's, there's less like phone calls and where are you? And now it's just like one location and, you know, everybody's happy. And hopefully this season finale will make all of you happy. You can check out Los Spookies tonight at 11 on HBO. Ready the realm. Brush up on your high Valerian, or maybe just get ready to shout Dracarys at your TV and pour yourself a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it. Because our number one pick this weekend is the season one finale of House of the Dragon. We know, we know, we don't want it to end either, especially because the Dance of Dragons finally began in last week's episode after, spoiler alert, the death of King Viserys. Now, the finale will pick up in the aftermath of the Greens' takeover of the Iron Throne, with Princess Rhaenys arriving in Dragonstone to alert Princess, or sorry, Queen Rhaenyra and Prince Daemon about what just happened in King's Landing. With Aegon II on the throne, the realm is about to descend into civil war. And it sounds from this preview that some allegiances may be shifting. The Greens are coming for you, Rhaenyra. And for your children. You cannot bend the knee to the high towers. They stole your birthright. Every man standing round the painted table urges her to plunge the realm into war. Lay siege to the Red Keep. Send us. I swear to ward the Queen. Your cause owns a power that has not been seen since the days of old Valyria. Oh, well, our major takeaway from that preview, that the series is finally living up to its name. Give us more dragons, please. Watch the sure-to-be-epic finale of House of the Dragon on Sunday at 9 on HBO and streaming on HBO Max. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Which of the following set design or prop piece is larger to scale on House of the Dragon versus Game of Thrones? The Iron Throne, the Valerian Steel Dagger, or Aegon's Crown? Well, careful where you sit. The answer is the Iron Throne. To more closely match how it was described in George R.R. Martin's novels, the design was made larger and more asymmetrical for the new series. According to the books, the people of Westeros consider a king or queen unworthy of the crown if they are cut by the Iron Throne. That is our show for today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Callie Shep, written and produced by Ashley Boucher, edited by Lauren Klein, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. What?
to watch.